0: And if you want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 11, if you're using the green Bible you grabbed on the way in, it's page 918. Otherwise, you can use your own Bible, or it's also on the screen, so you can just read it up on the screen here. You can watch it and catch it up here, okay? Uh, But the book of Acts, no matter what we are going through, And if you've ever missed any of the sermons, they're on YouTube, on the podcast site, they're on Podbean. Uh, It's on the back of the bulletin for our site, but let me know if you want to know any other sites. But we've been doing the book of Acts. No matter what we are facing, no matter what we're going through in our life, we can still live in victory through faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the holy spirit that is what we've been focusing on and today we hit a very interesting passage in acts 11 and i'm going to call this resolving church conflict peter's positive response and results or when christian fight christians fight how do we work through it right uh there's nothing more painful than when there is conflict in the church in the body of Christ. Very, very painful. Many of us have painful stories of church splits. We've seen churches implode. Uh, If you've been a Christian long enough, a lot of you became Christians here, and this is only church, so you haven't seen it, so you're good. That's good. Thank you, God. All right? By God's grace. But if you've come from, you've been Christian long enough, sooner or later you see a church implode, you'll split. And the damage to people's spiritual growth is immense. I know so many people no longer go to church because of a church split that hurt their faith, that upset them, that hurt them. So many stories, very, very bad. And not to mention how it hurts the gospel. the gospel, and how it hurts uh, the reputation of Jesus Christ. I remember years ago, this one church that made the news, there was a church that were fighting, and the two pastors were, there was a pa- two pastors in the church fighting, and, and one half the church supported one pastor, and the other half supported the other pastor, and, and it was crazy. They actually, neither one wanted to give up the church. Neither one wanted to leave, and so on Sunday morning, they actually had two podium uh, pulpits set up, one on one side, one on the other, and everybody who supported this pastor was on this side, everybody was on this side, and they were preaching at the same time <laughs> because they didn't want to surrender. There were two servants preaching at the same time. Oh, boy. And this went on for a while. I've seen churches blow up over um, over anything and everything. Crazy, teeny little things that, that blow, blow up. But really, there's deeper roots. There's usually a... Root of bitterness, right but we're going to see today that the church that church conflict is not new. Uh, it's been going on for a long time in fact, the very first church had church conflict. we're going to see that but we're going to see how Peter handles this conflict and resolves it and there's some really good lessons for us on that okay let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship which was just just amazing to connect and just imagine what it's going to be like when we're worshiping in heaven someday. I just can't wait for that right out of the book of Revelation, Father. We just thank you for the worship, and we thank you for every person who's here. We know we're all here for a specific reason. If someone is here has never put their faith in Jesus Christ, they would take that step today. And for the rest of us, we would take another step forward in our faith walk. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, and I did just see Joe. Where's Joe? Joe, give a wave. Uh, I announced, uh, there he is in the back. Joe's going to start the new revelation. I already announced it in the new revelation study, so see Joe. All right. Uh, so anyway, let's pick it up here. Acts chapter 11. I want to do the first 18 verses today. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began to explain everything to them as precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice tell me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel... Appear in the house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as He had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as He gave us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose? God. When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Wow. Wow. What a passage, huh? What a passage. So let's look at, let's just start with the first three verses here where we see what happens. (laughs) Peter gets attacked. Uh, the apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, "You went into the home, went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them." Now, you would have thought they would have been excited <laughs> about the Gentile salvation, right? You you would have thought that. Think about it. People are getting saved. And you would hope that people would be, uh, expect that people would be excited. But no, that's not what we see here. All they can focus on, I think there's a herd of elephants up there. But anyway, we'll just keep on going. I'll talk louder than they are. <laughs> it's one of the kids groups, one of them. We'll, we're not sure which one. But anyway, uh, all they can focus on Instead of being excited, all they can focus on is not keeping the man-made rules. The man-made rules. You went into the un, to the house of Gentiles. You went to a Gentile's house and you ate with them. Does this sound familiar? Who was also accused of this very thing? Jesus, right? You went into the, You went and ate with tax collectors, tax collectors sinners, prostitutes. You went to the home of lots of different ones, but I'm thinking especially Zacchaeus. Remember? Yeah? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. wee little man was he. Come on, you know it. He climbed up into the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, you come down because I'm coming to your house today. Because I'm coming to your house today. Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house. And they criticize them, right? You guys know that song, don't you? All right, so uh, yeah. N- never. We're gonna sing it each week, then. All right, so I'm gonna look for an excuse every week, all right, till we all learn it. So the but he went into the house, he ate with sinners, he went into Zacchaeus's house and other people's houses. You mentioned the different people's houses. He got attacked for that, right? And and the Pharisees didn't like it one little bit. Why? Because they're not. Fair, you see, remember? Fair. I'm not going to sing that one. I'll save you that song, right? They're not fair. Now, but be careful because there's a little bit of Pharisee. Well, okay, there's a lot of Pharisee in each one of us, right? We all have the virus, you know, just like we're all seemingly going to catch this coronavirus going around and around and around, right? It seems like we, we have all caught the Pharisee virus. We all have the Pharisee virus. It's, it's in all of us. And the Pharisee virus basically is, you're not one of us. You're not one of us. That's really it, right? You're not one of us. That's what, that's what they're saying. These people are getting saved. They're Christians. But that's not good enough because they're still not one of us, right? Uh, it reminds me of a joke I, I, I read here. Now, I've heard it a long time ago, but I looked it up. It said, there's a, there's a guy, he went up to a, a man he was going to witness to him. I was going to use Chuck as the example, but I couldn't quite fit Chuck in here. But it's a funny one. Have you heard this one? He said, are you a Christian? He goes, yeah, I'm a Christian. He goes, oh, me too. He goes, "Uh, are you Protestant or Catholic? He said, Protestant? Me too. What franchise? Baptist? Me too. I'm Baptist too. Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? He said, Northern Baptist. I said, me too. Uh, Northern conservative Baptist or Northern liberal Baptist? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist? I said, me too. Me too. That's going great, right? Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region or Northern Conservative Baptist Eastern Region? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region. I said, me too. He goes. Then he says, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912, he said, "Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912." I said, "Die, heretic!" <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. Uh, uh, that yeah, that is a brashers joke. We it's funny, but there's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? We 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 create unnecessary obstacles. Uh, I was just talking to someone at lunch and you know we we're talking about the different rapture positions pre-trip mid-trip post-trip and and I was saying I know I know past I knew a pastor Really solid guy. Pre millennial, all right? Pre millennial. It wasn't on millennial, pre millennial. Some of you are saying, what the heck are you talking about? Anyway, pre millennial, but he, he didn't believe in pre tribulation rapture. He was like a mid tribber, you know, pre wrath mid trib. If you haven't been in our Revelation study, you, you don't understand what I'm talking about. But, but this is what but he went to, to uh, apply to a church and they turned him down. Great pastor. But they turned him down because he believed in mid trib and not pre trib. And I was like, I was in shock. But this is what it's like. There are churches and Christians that separate over something that is, you know, fuzzy at best, right? Uh, it, it 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 it's crazy. It, it, we, we see so much of this very thing. And uh, you know, I told that joke about uh, about this guy die heretic, right? But there that there's a lot of truth to that joke. In fact, George Whitfield. Anybody know who George Whitfield was? He sparked the great awakening the great awakening um, he was the guy preached his heart out preached himself to death uh for years and years unbelievable we would not be here without george whitfield he evangelized the united states he sparked you know john wesley and charles wesley the the methodist he did the whole i mean he was god's instrument unbelievable and yet it's shocking what was, what, was, what was said about him. I'm just going to read you one story about what happened. Uh, even while Whitfield was experiencing the blessing of God, he was still met opposition. And this is in a George Whitfield book, uh, The Revival of something. Well, yeah, I'll be able to read it next week. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I see the eye doctor. Tomorrow. All right. So anyway, this is what it says. The men, this is the letter that they wrote, they published. The men of the associate presbytery issued a 32-page pamphlet. This is the title. The Declaration, Protestation, Protestation and Testimony of the Suffering Remnant of the anti popish Anti-Lutheran, Anti-Prelactic, Anti-Whitthelian, Anti-Erastation, Anti-Sectarian, True Presbyterian Church of Christ in Scotland. (laughs) That's just the title. (laughs) All right. uh, you get the point. They asserted that his foul pre, pre-something hands had administered the sacraments to Presbyterians and that he is but a scandalous idolater, being a member of the idolatrous Church of England. He is a limb of antichrist, a boar, a wild beast, blah, 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 goes on and on. And and he didn't even answer this. It was a big deal. They published this. He didn't even answer. He just kept preaching the gospel. But he wrote to one of his friends. He said, Dear men, I pity them. Crazy. The Great Awakening. Unbelievable. If you get a chance, read a book story about George Whitfield. Just un- read a book, read a story, read something. Just unbelievable. And yet this group, this, this group missed God's blessing and revival, missed out on it all because of their critical spirits. That's why they missed out on it. It, It's crazy. And that's what can happen. We can all lose sight of the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ, can't we? We can lose sight of that to reach and save the lost. That's what happens. We, we, uh, we, We lose sight of that. It, i it, I think of when we first started this church, a lot most of you don 't know this story when we first started the church, we were attacked you know a lot you know that story you know, and they were radical homosexual groups that were attacking us, but we were just kept reaching out in love and you know the AIDS walk and the AIDS house, and how we were able to really just see many hearts changed. It was really a touching, touching story but i 'll never forget someone came to me and told me what was said at their church. It was a church not too far from here. Known for some legalistic spirit. And he, and he said, The pastor, when, we, when I went up to the pastor and I said, Hey, we should pray for this church in New Hope, they're really getting attacked for their trying to reach, you know, trying to reach New Hope. And he said, They deserve what they get for trying to minister to homosexuals. I bet they don't help too many people struggling with sexual sin there. What do you think? (laughs) Any sexual sin, right? Uh, I remember being in Connecticut. We had the intermission, you know, the inner city ministry. And I remember when that started going and we had all these kids just pouring into the church youth group and Sunday school. And you've heard these stories. It was just amazing. God was just moving in a powerful, powerful way. But one of the dads cornered me and came into my office and cornered me and said, I don't want these kids coming into the church. You're reaching out to all these inner city kids and there's flooding in the church. This is why I moved to the suburbs to get away from those kids. Hmm. Hmm. We didn't resolve that. But anyway, uh, that wasn't resolved. (laughs) That conflict. But. I'm sure no one here has that Pharisee virus, right? So we can just move on, right? I'm sure nobody here struggles with that. But seriously, I'm very thankful for this church. You guys have been supernaturally, you know, gracious and open, and uh, you've absorbed a lot of punches and a lot of, uh, just I'll give you one example. You remember, I, most of you know the story about uh, when Mary Alice and I went on the that boat ride on the canal, and... And it was got crazy, it got really crazy the The one guy you know was remember the story the one guy who started doing a homosexual rights talk and it because the guy we went for the funeral had just become a Christian and then he died, and he came out of that life and but we were Invited, Aunt Mary Alice invited us. I'm to that boat, and and the one guy started giving a homosexual rights talk, and he strips down to his underwear, giving this talk, and then he put a dress on after. It's a whole other story, but but anyway, this was 20 years ago. Uh, so, but while he's stripping down, it, that was traumatizing enough because now he did what well, not just like what he said, but. This guy had no business being in his underwear. He, you he, he like a butternut squash. You know, I, uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't take my shirt off either. But you know, I'm not judging anybody. But don't take your shirt off, anyway. Uh, but he, but he gave this talk, and then right after that, they, they came up and gave. Uh, 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 after that it was they did a, a the service the religious service was to Satan. They prayed to Satan and they burned incense and they did a whole chant to Satan. It was unbelievable. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But then Mary Alice when they closed the service, says, wait a minute, I was told I could talk. I was friends with this guy. Grabbed the microphone and preached as only Mary Alice could preach. Maybe maybe Billy Graham could rival her, but that's it. You know, she started sharing the gospel with that microphone, you know. And it was and oh man, it was crazy. But but they didn't, I thought they were going to throw us off the boat. They didn't throw us off the boat. But the one good thing that came is one of the guys came up to her and to me then, Malcolm. Remember Malcolm? Malcolm came up and he was like, he's like, I'm a Christian too, but I've fallen into this sinful lifestyle too, and I've backslidden, and I'm far from God, and I'm miserable, I'm miserable, as only anybody who's a Christian can be. When we walk away from God, we lose our fellowship. We grieve the Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. He knew he had grieved the Spirit. He was under deep conviction. And Mary Elsa said, come back. She, he goes, I can't. I'm just too far. She goes, come back. Come to church tomorrow. Come tomorrow. He oh, okay. And so he did come. But later on, he told the rest of the story. He w- was miserable, but he just didn't really want to let go of the sin yet, and so he always used the excuse that every time I go to church, people reject me, you know, and uh, they're going to reject me. And they did. They, he, I'm sure if he visited the other church, I'm sure that pastor didn't let him in the door, you know, uh, the, the other church down the road. But, but he... That was his reason not to come back. That was I've tried a couple of times and they didn't receive me. They didn't help me. They just judged me, and so I'm not gonna go. I'm not coming back to you, God, because I can't. You know. But he was under conviction. He came to church, but he was going to put it to the test. He said, "If this church accepts me." I'll come back to you, God. If they don't, that's it. Remember a story? He actually shared it in church several times. He came blazing. He came blazing. He He said, "I curled my hair. I painted my nails. I dressed, you know, to impress. I just wanted to make sure nobody would accept me." And he was shocked because everybody welcomed him and hugged him and showed him the love of Jesus. And he felt like he could have been wearing a three-piece suit, which would have probably upset people more than what he was wearing in our church. But he... You can wear a suit. I'm just joking. But the the... But the point he 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 it took away his excuse. everybody loved him, and he said nobody it was like they didn't even care. you didn't care and and because of that, he came back to the Lord. That was the first step of a long journey, right, Mel? <laughs> Mel knows. Oh, my gosh. You tracked him down some crazy places. It was a long, long... Mel had quite a ministry with him. It was a long journey, and thank God he kept walking it, and he had, there were some ups and downs, but as far as we know, he's still doing great. He preached in our church. He came back with Teen Challenge that one time, preached in our church. Very, very moving. But that was because the church here... Didn't have the Pharisee spirit. We didn't have the Pharisee spirit, and it opened the door to minister. Now, back to Peter. Peter gets attacked by the Pharisee virus, right? Let's see how he handles that attack. How does he handle that attack? Verse 4. I'm going to have to read the big thing now that I'm crying. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep being let down from heaven and by its four corners. And it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four footed animals out of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice of the Lord, the voice from heaven, a second, Spoke a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was pulled up to heaven again. Right then, the three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As soon as as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, so then even the Gentiles. Even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. We talked about that last week. It was the Gentiles' uh, Pentecost. That was a wild, wild, shocking cosmic shock. We talked about that. But look at how Peter handles this. He handles it very positive, and he ends up with positive results, right? That's, that's wild what happened here. He, Peter has obviously matured and is in the spirit now. He's no, how do we know that? Because he didn't chop their ears off, right? How did he handle conflict before the cross, you know? Chop the guy's ear off, right? He's not chopping ears off anymore. He's a different guy. He's in the spirit. He's matured. Uh, He's got the full spirit here. And look what he did here. Peter did not get defensive or go on the offensive. And this is what we can learn from this, as some of us are prone to do. <clears throat> but anyway, nobody here. But you might know someone like that. We, we, go on the, we get defensive or go on the offensive when we're attacked, right? He didn't do that. He, he and I, I never forgot. I heard this phrase once and I never forgot it. Respond, don't react. Respond, don't react. Don't react. Respond, alright? And then when he did respond, he stuck to the facts. He stuck to the facts. He didn't talk about his feelings. He didn't get to his feelings. Reminds me of Dragnet. Remember Dragnet, the old show? Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, right? All right. Some of you old as old as I am. All right. And, uh, and, and and he just stuck to the facts. He just shared what God had said and what God had done. And what God had done, but then he put it all on God. Look at verses 12 and 17. Did you catch how he put it on God? He said, verse 12, the Spirit told me. <laughs> the Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me and we entered the man's house. We all did it, you know. Verse 17 so, if God gave them the same gift as He gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could stand in god's way? You catch what He did? I only did what God told me, what the Holy Spirit told me what God told me to do. Now, we have to be careful with this 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 argument, right? We have to be careful that we don't abuse this one because we're we're prone we're really good at this abusing this one right you know what God told me to do something. I think of uh, uh you know breaking up you know I, you know I, I, had friends who broke up with with their their girlfriend they tried to figure out her boyfriend who's trying to figure out how to do it so you say well i just god's telling me i i to need to take more time with god right now you know <laughs> ah you've used it too all right it's a guy thing it's a guy thing right uh all the girls use it too i just like god's telling me i need to spend more time with them and then and, but two days later we're dating somebody else right and uh oh, i guess i had enough time with god you know the, the, the somebody's mad you know i guess they got enough time with god now you know so uh or or uh, or this is another one, I'll ask someone to help with ministry. I'll say you want you want I need you want to help with this ministry? Well, let me pray about it, I need to pray about it, you know which is code for uh, I don't want to help and hopefully he'll forget about me and ask someone else, right Isn't that true right? Yeah, we abuse this one, don't we? we abuse it. I know some of you out there you know you know what I'm talking about. that's why it's important <clears throat> that all of our messages from God are grounded on the Word of God. Very, very important. It has to be grounded on the Word of God, which is exactly what Peter did. Verse 16. In verse 16, then I remembered what the Lord had said. Went back to the Word, Jesus. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He is quoting Mark chapter 1, verse 8. In Mark chapter 1, verse 8, I baptize you with water but he will baptize, I'm sorry, this is John the Baptist talking, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So he's quoting John the Baptist's words of what Jesus would accomplish. And, and, and Peter here is quoting this very verse, Mark chapter 1, verse 8. He's, he's, it's not just the God told me, but he's actually using the Word of God. He make sure, it's, make sure our message is centered on the Word of God. And the result of Peter doing this, the result of Peter's positive response, And how he handled this, the the result is that it was a positive result. A positive result. Verse 18. When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then even even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. The positive response and the positive results. What can we learn from this? What can we learn from this? Is anyone here in conflict? If you're breathing, you're probably in conflict. Everybody breathing, then you're all in some kind of conflict with somebody, right? Maybe you're being criticized or attacked today, maybe for ministry, maybe for anything. could be anything we we are in conflict about, right? The keys to surviving the conflict, from turning it from a negative to a positive, and I came up with three lines here, three lines here. The keys to surviving conflict. Respond, don't react. Just stick to the facts. Remember, God has my back. It kind of rhymes, right? I did all right with that one, right? All right? All right. <laughs> Write it down, memorize it. Watch this again. Uh, you know, but but that that just that the key. Every time you put that back up again. Uh, and, uh, but the key is this: so just remember this. You know, respond, don't react. Just stick to the facts. Remember, God has my back. Remember, God has my back. Those are just keys. Each, each of those are key steps on resolving a conflict. What step are you on today? And as we, and as we get ready to close in prayer here, are there any Pharisees out there or in here? <laughs> we all are, right? We all have the virus. When God is working in someone's life, maybe they're working in some, God's working in someone's life, do we focus on what they aren't doing or what God is doing? Are we focused on what they aren't doing or what God is doing? Very, very important. Not what they aren't doing, but what God is doing. Because it takes time. Remember Malcolm? How many years, Mel? How many years? And uh, same with us, right? Same with all of us. God, it takes time. Focus on what God is doing, not what they aren't doing. Doesn't mean there's a a sin. It's got to be confronted and all that. That's my job. That's my job. I get all the fun stuff, right? So, uh, but... Uh, But just focusing on what God is doing. Focus on that. Stay focused on that. And maybe you're here today or maybe you're listening to this, watching this today, and you are the one God is working on. Maybe you're the one who is in conflict with God because you've never resolved that conflict. That's what sin sin puts us in conflict with God. It puts a wall up between us and God. And maybe you're the one God is working on and calling to save and to, to change and to transform. But it takes the step of faith. Today could be the time that you resolve that conflict and you take a step of faith, repenting of sin, asking God to forgive your sin, putting your faith in Jesus Christ. That's how that conflict is resolved. God made a way for the great conflict, the cosmic conflict, to be resolved by sending His one and only Son to die in our place on the cross, took our sin, our shame, all the garbage in our life put on Himself if we will just put our faith in Him. His death on that cross, His resurrection from the dead for us, if we will put our faith in Him, we, that, that conflict is resolved. God, We have peace with God, and we can now live in peace a whole new life as we stay surrendered. Not just surrendering there, but staying surrendered. Very important to keeping that peace. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. How is God speaking to us as we close in prayer here? Maybe you're not a Christian yet. You've never surrendered. You are still in conflict. You're realizing that today because of your sin, because you have broken God's law, You have broken the relationship with God through sin. We all have done that. For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. But today, you're realizing you have the conviction, just like Malcolm on that boat, the conviction that you can come to God and repent and ask for forgiveness and put your faith in Jesus, what He did on that cross for us. You can do that right now. Now, the, maybe you're doing it in your heart right now, the simple prayer of faith. God, I repent of my sin. I turn away from it. I ask you to forgive me for everything that goes against your will, your purpose, your word. Because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. His death on that cross for me. His resurrection from the dead to give me a new life. I put my faith in Jesus. If you have put your faith in Jesus, the cosmic conflict has been wiped away. You are now a child of God. You are now filled with His Holy Spirit. You will never be the same again. You are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. And you can never live in sin again because if you do, you're going to be miserable. You can never go back to sin. You could try it a thousand times, a million times, but you can never enjoy it again because the Holy Spirit will be grieved The Holy Spirit wants something better for you. He wants the best for you. He has an awesome plan and purpose for your life. And just as we surrender our life to put our faith in Jesus, we have to daily surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's a daily surrender. If you've put your faith in Jesus, make sure you tell somebody. Tell me on the way out. Fill out the card and the bulletin. Text me, email me, call me. Tell somebody. If you have a family member, a friend. Let somebody know so that we can encourage you and be excited for you. Maybe you're already a Christian, but you've been not living surrendered. You've been miserable. You've been stuck on that boat. But today could be the day, every day can be the day, where we come back to the throne of grace for God's mercy and grace. What do we need to surrender? Who do we need to surrender? How do we need to surrender to live out God's purpose and to live in His power and to experience joy and peace so that the fruit of the Spirit can grow in our life? Maybe you need help doing that. Talk to me. Talk to another Christian. Talk to somebody. Break those strongholds. Live free in Jesus Christ. Experience His love in a way that you never thought possible. maybe you're in a conflict right now. Well, like I said, if you're breathing, we are in conflict. How can we handle it positively? Think of something God's bringing to our mind right now. How can we handle it positively? Maybe we have to learn to start responding instead of reacting with someone. Maybe it's just sticking to the facts. Don't don't let the emotions take over our life. Or maybe just leaving it with God. Remember that God has our back. Just let God defend. Father, I pray you would bring healing to many hearts and lives through this. In Jesus' name, amen.